Hello, I'm Anna Machen. Welcome to Why, the podcast that asks the big questions about science, technology, the universe, and everything in it. Today, we're looking at the ultimate frontier of physics, a mainstay of science fiction without which none of those ships in Star Trek, Star Wars or Battlestar Galactica could move at such speeds around the universe, faster than light travel. When I was studying A-level physics and nursing my sore head after a few tough sessions on Einstein's theory of relativity, there was one fact that stuck. It's impossible to travel faster than the speed of light. This is a fundamental cornerstone of physics. The speed of light in a vacuum, the C, in Einstein's famous E equals mc squared equation, is the universe's speed limit. That sounds pretty firm and clear. Well, in 2019, NASA astrophysicists recorded that many particles in the universe do travel very close to the speed of light. And scientists at the Large Hadron Collider have accelerated particles to 99.9999896% of the speed of light as they continue their quest to recreate the Big Bang. Is this a case of so close but still so far? Or is it possible to breach this barrier? Is the warp drive of Star Trek fame a real possibility? Is travelling across galaxies almost within reach? Could it be possible after all to travel faster than the speed of light? A lot of astrophysicists actually believe that in the far distant past of our universe, it actually expanded faster than the speed of light. We have reason to think that this is actually possible. Dr. Sabina Hossenfelder is a theoretical physicist and science communicator. The universe is vast. I think that there must be such a lot to discover out there. I think it's really a project that we should look into. Let it be a thousand years or maybe even a 10,000 years. We should try to get it done. Since Einstein, many physicists have argued that we cannot travel faster than the speed of light. But Dr. Hossenfelder argues something different, that it is a possibility. I think they're leaving out part of the argument. I mean, to say the obvious, we haven't managed to travel faster than the speed of light. <laughs> but it's not correct that Einstein's theories say it's not possible to do it. What they actually do say is that we can't accelerate from below the speed of light to above the speed of light, at least not with the methods that we currently know. You know, it's such an important thing that we managed to get out from our own solar system at some point and explore our own galaxy, but also other galaxies. So considering how vast the universe is, I think if we don't manage to travel faster than the speed of light, it's kind of pointless. <laughs> you know, we're not going to sit in a spacecraft for a billion years. It's just not going to happen. And so I think we should try to develop the technology and it's not going to happen if we believe it's just not possible. Okay, so it's not a fundamental problem with physics. It's just we don't have the technology to do it yet. 
Well, so those are all theories, right? So, I mean, we, we do have some mathematics and the mathematics says this and the mathematics says that. What it tells us about nature is another question entirely. I think physicists have good reasons to say that we probably, according to Einstein's theories, would have great difficulties traveling faster than the speed of light. I totally agree with that. But I think they would actually agree with me when I say that Einstein's theories don't say that it's impossible. It's just that the speed of light poses a barrier, basically. So with our usual method, we can't cross the speed of light and actually travel fast. So that's the problem. I read recently about a group of scientists in Gran Sasso in Italy in 2011 who claim to have made subatomic particles travel faster than the speed of light. So they sent neutrinos through the Earth to CERN in Geneva, and they recorded that the neutrinos arrived earlier than they should have, that in fact they'd gone at least four metres per second faster than the speed of light, which suggests that somebody's already done it. But looking on the internet, my research, it seems to have been met with a lot of controversy. What's your take on that? Did they achieve it? No. So this story actually clarified like a year after it broke. It was a problem with a malfunctioning cable, I believe. It was a measurement mistake. But at the time, it caused a lot of excitement, the possibility that some particles actually could travel faster than the speed of light. It's interesting that you mentioned this because, you know, when physicists are faced with the possibility that it might actually be reality, suddenly they managed to come up with ideas for how to explain it. For me, it raises the question like, why are they saying that it's impossible in the first place? Yeah, because they can explain it when it happens. <laughs> yeah, when they believe it happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant. So it hasn't been achieved yet. How far away do you think we are from it becoming an achievable goal? Well, honestly, very far away. <laughs> so if you're talking about actually moving people, I think we're very far away. But as you've seen, the issue of elementary particles might actually be much easier to achieve. Right. So first of all, we're going to shift some particles. And then maybe a long time later, we might sort of have the Star Trek phenomenon of being able to shift people. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime, but you have, you have to start at some point, right? So if being able to go faster than the speed of light is possible, does that then mean that time travel is a realistic outcome of that, that you could, in fact, travel through time? And if so, could you only go forwards or is it possible to go backwards? Because all the films and all the books seem to be that everybody wants to go backwards. So those are two different questions. So I know that physicists often link traveling faster than the speed of light with traveling in time, but just, you know, logically, they're two separate things. And they become linked in Einstein's theories, and I can't explain why, but, but it's a lot of maths, basically. I really think that the one doesn't necessarily imply the other. Time travel is, is much more difficult than traveling faster than the speed of light because it opens this possibility of time travel paradoxes where, you know, the, the story goes, you go back in time and you accidentally run over your grandfather and you're never born, so you can't go back in time to begin with. So what actually happened? So that's a typical example of a loop that doesn't close. And those paradoxes, they, they just don't make sense. So there's no math to deal with it. Since this is clearly not what can happen in nature, 
If you look at the science fiction literature, people have come up with different ideas for how to make sense of it. One very popular alternative, for example, is that you go back in time and then when you move forward again, you don't land in the same future or should it be present? Uh, well, depending on how you look at it, but that it's kind of a parallel world and you can do this multiple times. So each time you, you come back, it's somewhat of a different reality. So this is one possible option. And then another option, which you see, which isn't quite as popular because it's a little depressing, <laughs> is that you just can't change the way that the world works. So you're kind of forced to live out what has already happened according to you. Okay, so the idea that people would use time travel to right the wrongs of the past, that actually wouldn't be possible. You would just simply have to live as you lived before in the past. Well, unless you believe in this idea that parallel universes exist, in which case what you'd actually do is you'd live out the past of a parallel world. Okay, wow. The reason why we're interested in Fast and the Speed of Light then is all about travel and it's about being able to travel to areas that we would never be able to travel to before because it's simply we don't have the time to do it. They're too far away. Well, that's why I'm interested in it. I've always been interested in space travel, but it's a little bit depressing if you look at the numbers. Like even the next closest solar system is like 40 light years away. So it would take us 40 years if we manage to travel at the speed of light. If you want to get to the next galaxy, it would be 100 million years or something. So that doesn't sound particularly appealing to me. You know, I, I can't even sit still on a plane for six hours. <laughs> so. <laughs> I just want to talk about the details then, because you, you mentioned that it's actually the method. How would we be able to actually get over this barrier and be faster than the speed of light? NASA lists three processes to travel at nearly that speed. The first is electromagnetic, the second is magnetic explosions, and the third is wave-particle interactions. So do you agree that any of those have potential... No, I don't think so. So the thing is that none of the things that we know of can do it. If they could, we, we would probably already have done it. So you, you need to come up with something that we don't already have. And one of the ideas that people are playing around with is what they call warp drives. So the idea of a warp drive is, you know, if you know anything about Einstein's theory of general relativity, you know that it's got something to do with the curvature of space and time. And so loosely speaking, this is what we call a warp. You curve space and time. The funny thing about space-time is that this speed of light barrier, it's for things moving in space-time. It doesn't apply to space-time itself. First of all, we know this from the mathematics, but also a lot of astrophysicists actually believe that in the far distant past of our universe, it actually expanded faster than the speed of light. So we have reason to think that this is actually possible. So for a warp drive, what you would try to do instead of moving particles or objects or people or whatever through space-time faster than the speed of light, you would move them with the space-time, but not relative to the space-time. And that might be a possibility to actually move faster than the speed of light. Another option that makes kind of sense to me is wormholes. So wormholes, again, are compatible with Einstein's theory of general relativity. Though in this case, you know, saying that you travel faster than the speed of light is kind of right if you only look at the outcome, so to speak. It gets you somewhere 
very quickly. But strictly speaking, you're not actually traveling faster than the speed of light through space. So wormholes, if they exist, if you can make them work, they're basically shortcuts in space time. Two places that might be a billion light years apart, according to you, could actually have a very, very short connection. So you jump in on one end of the wormhole and you come out on the other pretty much immediately. I see. So like a massive slide, you slide from one end to the other and suddenly you're across the galaxies, across the universe. <laughs> yeah, basically. Wow. Okay. But we haven't actually found any wormholes. Is that correct? They're theoretical. Well, it depends on who you ask. You know, there, there are some people who actually believe that the black hole in the center of our own galaxy might be a wormhole. So I'm not one of them. I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm just throwing it out there. People are actually looking into this. So we all know the famous Star Trek ship, the Enterprise, which seems to regularly enter warp speed. But what would the design restrictions be on the ship, which was capable of achieving faster than the speed of light travel? Well, it really depends on the method. Like warp drive would be an entirely different thing from a wormhole. So with the wormhole, you might be worried, for example, about the tidal forces. Like this is what you know about black holes, right? They kind of stretch everything that falls in and eventually rip it apart. So clearly that you don't want that. I'm not sure this is something which you could fix with the spaceship that goes through, I think you would have to be careful about the wormhole that you create or select in the first place. Now, when it comes to the warp drive, you probably won't believe it, but there are actually people doing calculations on this, like what's the right shape that the vessel would have to have to minimize the forces and to distribute the energy uh, most efficiently. And they're writing papers about it and everything. <laughs> So we've heard that we're not ready to send people across the galaxy at faster than the speed of light. But there are potential methods being identified such as warp travel and wormholes, one of which may be at the centre of our galaxy already. But let's look at the broader picture. Apart from the scientific challenge, why would we need to travel faster than the speed of light? Are there any current problems it would solve? Of our current problems, probably none. I mean, if you, you know, if, if you're annoyed that it takes so long to fly to New York City, it would be sufficient to travel at the speed of light. You know, you'd be there in a few nanoseconds. And if you manage to go even faster than light, it's not going to make a big difference. So for what Earth is concerned, it wouldn't be of much use, I think. As I said, I've always been interested to find out what else is in the universe. Like the universe is vast. <laughs> I want to know what's out there. And I guess I'm not the only one because space travel is wildly popular. And I think that there must be such a lot to discover out there. <laughs> I think it's really a project that we should look into. So I, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that this is something like that we should pursue with great priority. Uh, in all honesty, I think the world has bigger problems than that. But somewhere in the long run, you know, let it be a thousand years or maybe even a 10,000 years, we should try to get it done. Obviously, it sounds going on with humans' obsession with exploration and pushing the boundaries. It's, it's going to be another place for us to explore. And as you said, people are fascinated by, by space travel. You know, you've got Elon Musk and you've got Richard Branson all trying to do commercial flights. 
Do you think then it could ever become commercial that one of the things you get to do on your holidays is to disappear across the galaxy? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, how it goes with uh, humans, everything becomes commercial eventually. <laughs> <laughs> True. If we can make money out of it, we'll make money out of it. Are there any ethical concerns about this technology? Let's say it became possible. Would we have to restrict it? Would there be only certain people who could be allowed to do it, for example? What about if people wanted to use it to go and colonize somewhere else? Are these questions that physicists consider? Well, it doesn't really concern the technology so much as what you would be able to do with it. It's not just about the problem of, is it a good idea to invade a planet that might already be populated? But even on, on a more basic level, we have this problem already with Mars, is that we might contaminate it. I mean, if we travel, we don't travel alone. We take a lot of bacteria and viruses with us. In contrast to us, those are much better survivors. So if we land, for example, on Mars, we have to take great care that we don't spread all those bacteria around there, which could do very unforeseeable things. And the same is the case already for all other planets that we might eventually reach. Yeah, no, that's really interesting said that, because I was going to ask you if there are any risks associated with it. So, for example, to the individuals who do it. But obviously, to the universe, it's quite a big risk, because you could, as you say, take something with you that contaminates a whole planet and changes entirely the environment, or if, as you say, if it's populated, the people who, or beings who are on it. So it's interesting to think that there might actually be risks associated with it that we have to consider. Yeah, well, the, the same goes the other way around. If you land on a different planet, you pick up some bacteria and drag them back home. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll all die from it. So, so clearly, like, th those are problems that people will have to address at some point somehow. Let's assume it's going to be possible in the future. First of all, would you volunteer? And secondly, where would you want to go? I guess I would go either way because I would really like to see outer space, regardless of uh, what the planet looks like. But, you know, as someone who has lived in a few other countries, I have to say I like it at home. And I think it's something about having grown up with a certain environment, with a certain type of vegetation, with a certain type of culture and so on, just makes it very appealing. And if I were to move to a different planet, I probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it's different for other people. So we're going to have to wait a lot longer than we'd like before we can travel faster than the speed of light. But Sabina agrees that there is so much beyond our galaxy to explore. And physicists are very much working on a method to get us there. I better get back on that warp speed calculator. That's all from us today on Why. Thank you to Dr. Sabina Hossenfelder. Thanks for having me. We'll be back soon with more questions pushing beyond our wildest scientific dreams. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you don't miss an edition. And follow us on social media too. Links are in the show notes. I've been Anna Machen asking, why? See you next time. Why was written and presented by Anna Machen. The lead producer was Anne-Marie Luff and the audio producer was me, Jade Bailey. The managing editor is Jacob Jarvis and the group editor is Andrew Harrison. Artwork is by James Parrott. Theme music is by DJ Food. 
Why is a Podmasters production.